Brothers and sisters in humanity, how the devil are you? Let's adjust that. Is it going to stay? Way there we go. There we go. All right, we're good. Perfect. So we are live across Falmouth. I'm still way too loud. Let's bring that down. Let's bring that down. There we go. Still way too live, way too loud. So it has been a long time. Well, we're just turning down the gain because I'm way too loud for the people of Cornwall. There we go. There we go. So good evening. My God, my voice. What is going on? This is, would you believe it? There we go. I could go further from the mic. There we go. There we go. All right. So we are now live. It is so good to be back in the studio. And if you are watching on the Book of Face, hello. How are you? Very good to have you with us. Can you see me? And let's uh, bring up this evening's guest. So this evening, brothers and sisters, we are exploring the topic of awakening. And that might seem like some trite, pseudo-spiritual, um, catch-all term. But there are myths and legends throughout the world, and there are... We're now talking in the millions of people, I would say, who recognise that there is something very, very real going on in the world. You see, even 10 years ago, if you would talk openly about things like acupuncture or um, homeopathy, you'd have got probably some eye rolls, some people being like... Oh. And for sure, there are still some who think, mm, that's, is that really... Is that really a thing? Um, but actually, what we do know is people get value from these alternative methodologies. But more than that, more and more and more people will engage in meaningful conversation. They are open to the possibility that this physical stuff is not everything, it's not all the answers. We are not simply uh, a group of random people who randomly mutated over billions of years, stuck in a universe that is essentially a load of billiard balls held together by gravity and vacuums. We're starting to realise that there certainly is something more. That perhaps that vacuum is not such a vacuum after all. It is in fact a quantum field of energy that if we could harness just a cubic centimetre of it, it would provide enough power for New York City for an entire year. Now we start to get a sense of this new world that is emerging. This new world that I believe we as a species are awakening into. And, of course, a species is made up of its individual parts. And I know that for me, my awakening experience, if you like, happened age 23. And almost since then, I've been trying to integrate it ever since. And this evening... Um, going to be interviewing a very dear friend of mine. Uh, Cherish, say hello. Hi. Let's just see your levels. Hello, hello, good. hello, hello. I think we're good, we're good. Cherish can be heard. And uh, if you can hear us on the old book of face, do let us know. And Cherish, I think it's fair to say you've been on uh, a bit of a journey of late. Could say that. <laughs> so to start, give people a sense. We first began connecting I believe it was February the 21st of this year. So we are talking... I remember that. Because I, I remember stuff like that. <laughs> um, so we're talking almost exactly, what's that, five months? Yeah. Okay, so 
bang on five months and give people a sense of where you were at five months ago, particularly in yourself. Um, one word, fine. You were fine. Um, I had spent um, 13 years being absolutely fine looking after um, a parent not necessarily in a caregiving sense, but um, emotional sense. Okay. Um, and yeah, it had to be the strength. It had to be the strength for me and for someone else. Um, tie into that um, a not incredibly amazing relationship mm -hmm. um, of kind of a power struggle. Okay. Um, then a really bad relationship. And I was kind of at a place where I had to just... Um, I guess we called it numb, didn't we really? Just very, very much numb and had to be fine. Had to be fine for everything and I was fine. And if I showed weakness, mm. um, then I wouldn't be fine. And I had spent, um, yeah, just a really, really long time um, knowing that if I showed any weakness whatsoever, then I wouldn't be able to succeed. And showing that you cared meant um, getting hurt. And I'd been hurt far too many times before, so it was much easier to be fine. Okay, so you were you were long, fine. Long-winded way of saying it. You were, you were fine, but fine meant numb, and you were running this program that said you've always got to be strong. Anything but that equals no success. And okay. So then along comes some random geezer um, and sends you a few text messages and things. And for me, and I, you know, I was, let's be real, the place I was in at that time was I was just beginning to learn how fine it was to not be fine, how important it had been for me to be able to, as we, as we say, turn the tap. And because I try to fix everyone and think I know all the answers. Um, <laughs> and I notice you're not disagreeing there, which is a little bit upsetting, but, <laughs> um, but so, you know, obviously I, I very quickly tried to sell you on the idea that uh, actually perhaps a deeper level of strength lay in sometimes being okay with not being fine and with turning the tap. So do, do you want to share a bit about what turning the tap is and how you experienced that? Um, it's actually something that's come up a few times since we first started connecting actually, um, both in the hypnosis work that I've done um, and and a few times and now I've started to sort of implement it to other people. But basically it's the idea that we have this bucket, um, it's called the crap bucket. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, and Every day it gets filled up with lots of different things um, and the more we do and the harder the stuff gets, the bigger it gets and the sort of, and the more full it gets. And at the bottom there's a tap. And um, to be able to cope with things more and more, you need to let off what's at the bottom um, to make sure you can carry on filling it because otherwise little things like, um, what it triggered me this afternoon oh my car sounding really annoying when it's an idle that kind of thing um just gets too much and you suddenly start not to be able to deal with certain things so you ask certain questions and you say certain things not necessarily you but as a whole as a collective yep. and then you 
you kind of cry it out. You okay. let it out. You let it out. You sometimes scream or you cry. And just by doing that, by kind of allowing yourself to feel into the the pain, but not always pain, just feel into the the kind of crying and um, letting go sensation, you're mm -hmm. able to feel 10 times better than you did before. Cool. So, and is it fair to say that that was a bit of a kind of 180 on what you'd always been told? Um, I remember after the first few tears had been shed, me asking, you know, how you were feeling as a result. And I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> and you laughed. And actually, but more than that, you, the, the next day you said you woke up smiling. Yeah. And I said, you know, when was the last time that happened? Yeah. And you, you couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah. You know, so, so what, what I feel like has been, you know, it's been so, it's been such a, an honor to see your journey because suddenly the things that I was implementing for myself and just receiving such incredible relief from some of the challenges I had, suddenly it wasn't me just making up stuff and me having certain random experiences. There, it seems like there's some method in this madness of there is perhaps the greatest strength in being able to be at our most vulnerable. Yeah, and I think actually I'm going to um, use a, a kind of another thing. So I was... Um, yeah, I was just doing some work, let's say, and I ended up watching Inside Out, Pixar movie. Okay. Um, and anyone that knows, knows that in that movie it shows that you can't have happiness without sadness. Yeah. And actually, I had just never really understood what that meant. So to be able to really, and things that, you know, there's so many things that you've taught me in the last five months, but one of these things is to really lean into that pain. Mm. to let go and to let go of what held you back for so long yeah yeah that it's a, it's a very powerful movie and i'll be i'll be <laughs> honest when when i first watched it i it, it took me a while to get it mm. and uh because actually that part of me and for me when the the sadness character in that movie and if you haven't seen it please i really recommend it it's uh for me it's what it's that gateway to empathy mm. to being able to really just meet someone where they are at. Mm -hmm. And for so long I went through my life, uh, the, the positive thinking, hooray, come on, everything's gonna be fine, we're all fine, Every, I, actually there's that word again. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it was something that in my early discussions with people in the quote unquote personal development world, it, it seemed, yeah, there was something not quite whole about this situation where we were constantly fine and everything was good. And, uh, and you know, I actually think that what's come to light most recently and actually just having a conversation with someone before I came here was actually that's then fed by what you watch on TV. Yeah. And it's fed by what you're seeing day to day. It's what you scroll through Facebook. And actually, I'm, I'm taking this on a tangent, I'm so sorry. Good. But, um what's happened since we've kind of done this development and we've been progressing is actually now I don't want to watch TV. I don't, you know, I don't want to fill kind of my head. I want to be learning and developing because now I have, feel like I've got the capacity to do that. Yeah. Um, so by kind of turning the tap at the beginning means that now I'm kind of, yeah, searching for the next step. It's constantly a constant progression, which is so exciting. Um, yeah, and that was definitely more, most apparent recently when I actually sat down to watch TV and, yeah, it didn't have good consequences. Well, well let's, let's, let's go with that because it's... 
it's something that you and I shared some messages about because part of the start of your journey was you, you know, I hope it's okay to say, you know, having challenges with loving yourself, accepting who you were, the person you saw in the mirror. Is that, is that fair enough to say? Yeah, because I'd spent 27 years being the big girl or the, the big one in the group or, um, hey, you're really lovely, um, you're a bit flat for me, can I have your fit friend's number? <laughs> like, wow. like, um, so yeah, but so it's something that's really integrated into what you do day to day and you hope that as a woman, um, you know, obviously you compare yourselves every day to what's going on and I know men do it as well, but um, you're constantly caught up put against what you should what you should be that's the yeah. best way I can describe yeah. it is this is how you should look and so you kind of you struggle to be able to love yourself and you you hope you can that's a, I think that would probably hate resonate with people is you would hope that you could love yourself but right now you can't because you don't know like what's on the mirror you know what's on the TV what's on the TV what's on the Instagram yeah feed? okay and so it's been wonderful to see you beginning this journey of uh, you know really celebrating the whole of who you are and uh, we'll touch on a couple of podcasts that I know have been really influential in that um, but uh, you know let's let's dive into this this TV thing because um, you you said at one point now oh, you know you just wanted to sit down and turn your brain off you'd had a hard yeah, day at work you know you're cranking it at work yeah. and you wanted to just turn your uh, t turn your brain off and so you sat down and watched a bit of Love Island and you were kind of wishing you hadn't. Well, yeah, that, that's that's quite important to note is that this time last year when it was on, I didn't miss an episode. Okay. And that was my that was my day to day because it, I feel like it is mind numbing. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people would say the same. It is they that's what they are looking for at the end of the day. But it's not until you realise when you start to become dare I say it, conscious, yep. that that's, you know, it's just not feeding that at all. You want things to be bettering you. But yeah, sitting down to it and part of me remembering how it is to feel like that and wanting to look like that and suddenly feeling, to be honest, quite sick and looking down at the food that I was eating and thinking, no, this is uh, this is not going to help me look like the people on the TV. Yep. And then starting to really hate my body despite it's only yep. three months, four months. So here's the, you know, here's the, the craziness is we are sold this idea that Love Island is this harmless piece of fun and uh, you know it's great it's great TV to turn your brain off to and but actually quite the opposite as you said that it's actively putting into a fight-or-flight mode mm -hmm. of uh, anxiousness of oh Jesus Christ I'm not good enough I've got to stop eating this and you know the, the, the diet thing is interesting you're literally feeding yourself on something that essentially if it's making you feel like shit and you are what you eat then mm. you're the, this tv diet is it's feeding you some good good quality feces yeah but it's it's that that's across everything and that's across all reality tv i mean it's everywhere and you know you mentioned about the podcasts is the most one of the most influential ones i've listened to was the russell brand's one last week yeah. with Jamila Jamil and she literally said that shame is is it, it grows from you from such a young age you know none of us when we are one or two look down and go oh I've got fat legs yeah. because you don't know that it's yeah. bred into you from yeah. such a young age and actually what's really interesting is when you spend obviously I don't have children but when you spend time around people who do have children 
and the mums say certain things like I hate my nose or you know I don't like my hands or I don't like this then they they are what's the word yeah, like they're, they're breeding that yeah, into yeah, their 100%. children yeah. start looking at them yeah. like well what's if you know my mum's beautiful if they don't like them then you know what am I going to not like about me so there's a couple of things that are really important to pick up on here the the first one is that you said that you just stopped watching TV pretty much. You stopped, mm. you stopped feeding yourself on this diet of stuff that is designed to make us not feel good enough. And you know, I don't know, you don't have it, but um, I've got my screen time on my, my phone. Do you remember me telling you? Yeah. And it normally used to say like however many hours a week and it went down by like 72% in the first two months we were together. Like, because I, I was not on social media. I wasn't doing anything because it wasn't helping. I wasn't feeding my, awake, my awakening journey or whatever yeah. I was, the journey I'm on now. You know? yeah. um, and kind of leading into that, we had that um, crazy moment last week where, you know, I went I went to meet my ex-boyfriend yep. for a cough, drink, food, whatever it was, and I had spent four and a half years being compared to Instagram models and feeding my not good enough wound, which was huge. Yep. <laughs> um, and I was thinking all day, what am I going to wear that's not going to cover me? What you know, it's not going to show up any of my figure or anything because I'm bigger than I was when I was with him. And I literally went to my wardrobe and went, no, I'm going to pick the thing that hugs my figure the most. I want to show everything off and just be like, no, actually, I love myself. And it doesn't matter that you didn't love me and you don't love me now because I am good enough. Hmm. And I've got to say, this like, was one of the most beautiful, powerful moments. I To hear you tell me that story that night, I, you know, honestly, I definitely cried and um, yeah I, I can feel the same like my heart is swelling with joy because like, to see what happiness is possible in such a short short space of time what uh, a total turnaround um, because you know when we were first connecting intimately you, you know there were times when you just thought like, you wouldn't let me look at certain bits or touch certain bits and, and I was just like this is crazy and I'll be honest there's also been a journey for me in this um, because there were times when I actually on. stepped a little bit too near to the line of, you know, the kinds of standards that your ex-boyfriend was holding you to. And that's not to shame him in any way, shape or form. You know, he, he and I are just as conditioned as everyone else. And yeah, you know, it's a, a deep shame that, you know, I, I found myself in a place where you know, I was questioning things um, and it was very painful for you to... You're not being incredibly clear. So, you know, <laughs> essentially, I, you know, this is, let's, 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 because this is a really massive part of the journey as well, because this awakening that you are on, this incredible turnaround in your life that has been unfolding, has woken up so much in me, has just changed so much in me that I never thought was, could even... It, I didn't even think it was a thing that was changeable. I just thought it was a part of, like a wired in part of who I am. And so, you know, there was a time when I said to cherish to my great shame, you know, I, I don't know if I can love all of you um, because I was still operating under the conditioning of this Western uh, anorexic standard of beauty. And uh, not surprisingly, that was pretty painful for you to take. Um, and that 
but over the course of the next three or four days, as I really went deep inside me to look at what is going on here, because, you know, this is, I'm, I'm obsessing about something that is totally irrelevant in the grand scheme of love, of attraction. And there was, a, and I still can't quite put my finger on it. There was some different bits of healing work that were probably responsible, but, uh, I, it was so clear that I was projecting my own body insecurities onto you, and that wasn't okay. And yet I'd been doing it with every person I connected with, with almost any person I see in the street. My own insecurities about my skinny legs or my big nose or whatever it might be, rather than feel into the pain of what it feels like to not feel good enough, I project that pain out. and. Now, uh, I, and this is going to be a bit kind of trite on the radio or whatever, but I really don't give two hoots because the feelings of attraction and total love that I hold for you, and it's, it's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And to experience, but the thing is, I can say those words to you. What I cannot convey is the difference in feeling inside. And it's a total turnaround. And so what it shows to me, and please, if you are listening, please take this, because it is simply conditioning. Everything, everything, everything that we see, perceive, believe has been conditioned into us. So our capacity to love on some level has been conditioned into us. And there is a ceiling where if a person doesn't look like X, Y, Z, or doesn't meet certain criteria, then subconsciously we are gonna hold back a level of love that we could be capable of feeling. And that is just not okay. And so thank you for, you know, turning up in my life and bringing through this awakening in me. So, so incredible, so thank you. Thank you. Um, um, let's rewind from Love Island a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Because no, it's good. It's, there's, there's, this is this is going to flow as it needs to, um, because you said that there was perhaps a seed of this awakening present even before we began connecting, um, because fairly soon into our connection, I was trying to explain my perception of how I saw the world, and I, I spoke about playstations, and so just to give you guys a clue. Um, for me, there's a lot of research that suggests uh, right from the Hawaiian traditions, uh, the Greek traditions, they called it the Eidolon and the Daimon. The Eidolon being this small human self that we have, this human consciousness, and the Eidolon being our higher soul or spirit consciousness. Um, and I think in, in uh, ancient Egyptian, it was, the, I, don't, I can't remember, the, the car and the something else. There's, there's two, again, this concept that our spiritual or immaterial self is, 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 has a duality, um, a higher and a kind of lower form. Um, and so for me, the, the metaphor that made most sense is, is of a PlayStation character, that our soul is the one that's sitting on the sofa with the controller and on the screen is us, this, this George, and my soul is simply playing the level of the PlayStation game called George Hardwick, Planet Earth, 2019 and 
the purpose of the game overall is to learn to grow as a soul. And one of the ways I do that is by trying to guide my PlayStation character, this human me, through the various challenges of life on Earth. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not that specific point. It was the fact that I literally went on a Monday from work, this is it, what is here and now, and hoping and thinking that there must be something more. Yeah. This can't be it. This can't this can't be everything to you to asking me if my totem animal was a squirrel to PlayStation characters and the divine masculine and feminine within four days. I mean, I, <laughs> and, I, and then about a month like about a week later you said to me, um, and I mentioned about the PlayStation character and you went yeah, I did download quite a lot of stuff to you in a week, didn't I? Yes, George, you did. So, yeah, I guess the context is essentially I've had a passion for trying to understand this world for the last kind of 12 years or so. And essentially, Cherish was on the receiving end of like, oh, my God, I can just suddenly tell someone everything. This is so amazing. And uh, like this giant fire hose of information. Um, so you've done pretty well. Dick it and fall over. Um, and so... But you said that the, the reason why that kind of resonated was perhaps because whether consciously or unconsciously, you were actually asking the question, is there something else? Is, is this going to work? Is this all there is? Um, yeah, and I would sort of struggle to, to say this, this is, it's so hard. I have to now kind of judge the person I am now between the person I was five months ago as like a completely different human. I don't even remember the, some of the thoughts I used to have okay. compared to what I have now. Um, so that's quite important. But yeah, I was sure that there must have been something else because of the two or three times that I had experienced what I considered to be an enlightenment moment. And I remember yeah. studying Buddhism when I was in school and them talking about this enlightenment moment and every now and again certain things would pop up on social media or whatever it was and I remember having these what I think I've said two two, two or maybe three maximum moments yeah. and then spending the next six months chasing this feeling and hoping that I could find it again and then not and then it was six months later so it kind of you know wandered away and it, it didn't and then you kind of came in and then it suddenly there was this possibility that there that that was how I was actually supposed to feel and how I could feel a lot of the time and it was like it's like a drug it's it's incredible it's and that and you end up kind of not chasing this mm. high isn't the right word it's this incredible feeling of euphoria and and being at one with yourself and being at one with what's going on around you that's the most important thing as well which is pretty incredible no, I hadn't heard you put it like that so I really that's that's wonderful to hear as well and I, you know I certainly was guilty of that chasing this 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 moment of euphoria and breaking open this moments the these moments of absolute oneness and and I really want to make this make the point here that I'm not sure people get just how common this is becoming mm. and you know I see it in my day to day work you know working with you know vulnerable young people and adults and I, I really have a sense and I'm beginning to have these conversations now that a lot of some of the challenges that people are facing may not necessarily always be down to the kind of more depression side of mental health challenges, 
but actually more be could more be undiagnosed awakening like they're having these experiences they're having these very often intuition come online and they've got no frame of reference with what to do with it mm. so i mean do you feel like there are people like you kind of seeking that something more yes i definitely do um what's really interesting is unfortunately we live in like a closed a closed world where you're only allowed to show your you, the perfect part of your life i was listening to a podcast today which was which is really interesting i haven't told you this one um so it was um someone saying that basically it used to be that you would have friends around for um a dinner party and you knew that you were getting the best part of that relationship that was the show of the best part of the relationship okay, yeah. but you also knew there was this ugly dirty private life going on in the background that everyone has to deal with the fact that you hate the fact someone doesn't take the washing out or whatever it is and now we that dinner party has turned into what is now everyday life and what has to be in that social social media yeah. and so Everyone's scared to admit that they are hoping for something more. Everyone's scared to admit that this can't be everything. And so what I am experiencing is when I am, and you know, I know we'll talk about integration, but when I'm starting to be able to trust myself to tell people I'm having this experience with crystals or I'm doing this with George or we've, we've gone to solstice and I don't feel embarrassed to say it, I don't feel like I'll be judged. Yeah then you suddenly realise more and more people are like, oh my God, tell me more, I want to know more, what, do you, what does it feel like? Da, 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 you know, asking me loads of questions about anything from crystals, which is reasonably attainable, yep. um, to, to you know, some of the things that we've gone on, full moon rituals and, and all those kind of things that we've done. So, yeah, people my age definitely wanting more, hoping that there's more, but also, exactly like you said, conditioned to think that this is just crazy and yep. you're just being a hippie and long hair and flowers in your hair and all that kind of stuff. Well, as you say this, it does make me wonder whether, it, and of course everything does, there's a, there's a light and a shadow side to everything. So the shadow side of this social media world, of this digital connectivity, is that, as you say, the perfectness of the dinner party has been scaled up to effectively be our whole lives mm. and yet for people who might be seeking for something a bit more you know you can simply at the press of a button find out everything you want to find out about this crystal um it, you know it's so there is if you are i guess if you're asking the right questions it's never been easier to find the answers that might be valuable to you mm. and it, that is as long as you can dare to keep asking the questions mm -hmm. so just picking up the the crystal there let's uh, let's dive in a little bit um so i want to talk about guides and rose quartz <laughs> okay um so a little bit of context uh before i get your take on things um uh, i've mentioned on the show before that i am currently uh on a year-long uh, neo-shamanic practitioners training course and uh, part of that is studying some of the healing techniques uh, of a lady called Barbara Brennan, um, who was this incredible mix of a NASA-trained physicist, as well as someone who, from a very early age, was able to see and read and diagnose the human energy field, the human aura. And uh, I admit that I was pretty sceptical that it was really having any kind of impact, until I think the second session 
I did, so I had Cherish as one of my practice clients to practice some of the techniques. And so much of it, my teacher, uh, Christoph, who I'll be getting on the show for sure, uh, you know, he's constantly affirming that it is about listening to the intuition, to the guidance that comes in um, when you are in an empty state. And so in this session, we were doing a little bit around um, getting, I can't even remember, was it getting some emotions to move or something? And It's in my throat chakra, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess it, it, you need to sort of tiny bit of backstory in the sense of I have... Um, always had this stain that's come around with me. I've had it since I was about 12. Um, it's I've moved house, what, like eight times in that time? And it's always moved to every house with me, but I've never done any, I've never charged it, I've never cleansed it, I've never cleansed my bedroom. And for like, clarity, this is a piece of rose quartz, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and yeah, I've never done anything with it. And, uh, but it's always just been on my bedside table or on a dressing table or something like that. Um, do you want to carry on? Go for it. Um, so we were lying, I was lying down on the sort of edge of my bed and you were doing this and it, it gets quite deep and for someone who'd never really ventured into it, it can get quite intense. Would you agree? It's, it's quite, it's quite, it's, you know, chanting and that kind of thing can be, can be to someone who hasn't really dealt with that kind of thing quite yep. full on. Yep. Um, and you were moving out my body and then I started to feel sort of, you know, uh, said I sort of saw some visions, which was quite interesting and it almost felt like I was that moment before you fall asleep when you've got all of those random thoughts in your head. Yeah. It felt like that, but I was very aware that I wasn't falling asleep. And then you said, for some reason I'm getting the calling to just give you this or you need to hold this stone. And I don't even know if it fully closed in my palm before I just burst into tears and sobbed and sobbed and, and held it so tightly that I got marks and cuts on my hand because I was holding it so tightly. Yeah, it was, uh, for, for, as, a, as someone who was learning their techniques to then see this response suddenly, instant proof that yeah. there is something very, very, very powerful going yeah. on. And uh, the thing that was, so beautiful about that was um, you know we spent some time after that session really letting things integrate and mm. we'll come to the guides bit in a moment because mm. then it will it, that that wasn't you know this spontaneous bursting into deep cleansing tears was just the start um, and but the, the most beautiful thing was uh, as things landed a couple of hours later you know you saying that for so long you'd been giving a piece of yourself away and that that was it. You were drawing a line, drawing a boundary on that. Oh my God, yeah. And um, that was to just hear that clarity and this this different kind of strength coming through, a strength born of this inner love for yourself um, was, yeah, was deeply moving. Um, oh God, what did I say? I can't, oh, oh so much stuff's happened. I, I said that I was, I was unhappy and I'd, to, to make, I was so desperate to make other people happy, I was giving part of myself away. Yeah. And I was making myself unhappy in the process. And it was time to stop. Because I was never gonna feel happy 
if I carried on trying to make other people happy. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, yeah. We, effectively, you're delegating yeah. control of your happiness yeah. to others. Yeah. And it's, it's never yes. going to yes. end well. Yes. And, saying, and, and what's come to light, obviously, since is like just saying things to make people happy and that they what I think they want to hear. And by doing that, I'm not being true to myself. So I'm giving part of myself away each time. Mm. Yeah, that was it. Mm. So, yeah, they, and that's actually, it, it, as we are having this conversation now, it really lands that there's another layer of that yeah. same essence coming through in this not saying things just to make people happy. Mm. Um, beautiful. And in between this rose quartz spontaneous bursting of emotion and this landing of how you were delegating your happiness and no more, um, there was another experience. It's intensely personal, so if you don't want to share, you know, that's... And it's, it's also the one that's a bit like, whoo! So I had the crystal in my hand and I was looking at you and we were trying to do some, bil some belly breathing because yep. it was getting out of hand. And I suddenly became very aware. And I don't just mean like I thought there was, like that I was very aware that there was something else in the room with me, with us. And sort of, I had my, uh, lying on the bed with my head towards the door and sort of the corner of my bedroom and I knew that there was something in the corner taking up the whole of the corner ceiling to floor yeah. and in my head I can only describe it as like a Dementor from Harry Potter okay. but like just black thick energy like like no eyes no face just horrible over and I remember feeling like it was coming towards me and it got really, really, really close. And I was so scared. And I don't know why, there didn't seem to be any reason. It, it was just this overwhelming sense of like, horribleness and bad, just bad is the only way I can describe it. And we did some more breathing and the breaths made it go away. And then I was able to hold it away and then I kind of lost it again and it came in again. And then, I was kind of talking, wasn't I? And then it became apparent as the more I talked, and I didn't really—I wasn't really, if I remember rightly, I wasn't really making any sentences. They weren't really making coherent sense. Uh, they were incoherent, sorry. Um, and then it became apparent when you said something that I was able to make it a good energy. And I think that was that was a huge moment because I suddenly realised that it's. In a lot of senses, it's about perception. And I was able to make this this energy that was 100% there go from black to kind of like turquoise. Nice. Uh, was the only way I could describe it. Turquoise and kind of purple, like light purple. And then we were sat and the blanket was that color and that was weird as well because it was underneath and we couldn't see it, that was strange. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was really, really important. And then even, even as I sat and we carried on talking about giving my part self, giving part of myself away, um, it was still a hundred percent there. And I remember there being times when I was like, "You were going to go f to football," and I was so scared to be on my own in the in, in the room with that entity's energy, whatever it is. Yeah, and it, and then after that, it suddenly realised if I I could keep it and be strong enough and strong of my sense self, keep myself strong enough to keep it good, then it would be this kind of friend. Mm. And then as you go through this 
journey, you realise that actually you are by yourself quite a bit because there aren't an incredible amount, I'm lucky I've got you, but incredible amount of people that you can go, oh yeah, by the way, last week I was just doing some spiritual healing and I held this crystal I burst tears and there's this energy in my room. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. But actually, this energy could become kind of like, so you wouldn't always feel alone and actually you don't always need to. And then what came from that is I then about, just after that, got a pendulum by accident. And then I did some work with it, having watched a really cool video. And then I, worked, I asked some questions, and yeah, it turns out there's four of them. And they haven't all been with me since birth. <laughs> Just the things that have come up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, from when we first met you, you were fine, you were strong, you were no weakness, just on this path of work being successful mm -hmm. and of course you are still on your path of work and being successful mm. but there is this whole new richness of life that's come in and actually I think something that there's the two massive wounds that came up was was the not good enough um, but it was a constant not good enough and it was in everything and and even though like some may regard my job and what I have done and you know that kind of thing although it's not incredibly doesn't make a massive difference in lots of people's lives. Um, so it's like successful. I still wasn't good enough compared to every single person I ever met. Yeah. And so this this place of where you just were just not good enough at all, uh, and you were watching Love Island, to then have this experience of turning this hugely fearful energy into an ally. It's not your average day at the office. No. Um, I can and, tell you, it was like fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just go, awaken, go. And <laughs> that's why, you know, I, sh I share this story. I'm really grateful for you sharing it because it's, it's, A, it's intensely personal. And to someone listening who might be thinking, this is crazy, this sounds like some crazy demonic possession or blah, blah, blah. Actually, let's really land here because this has been an, an experience for myself as well is that there are realms, like infinite realms beyond what we can see and perceive. And the vast majority of them are filled with beings who are here to be of service and to be helpful. Um, the, you know, you have this great phrase, as above, so below. And it is one of the kind of core principles of so many of the world's spiritual traditions. And so let's look at this. You, me, and so many of you listening, you want to be helpful in the world. You want to be loving, you want to be kind, and you want to see people happy and joyous. Why should that be any different for the vast unseen realms that exist? And so for both Cherish and I in the last six months, there has been this awakening and opening into connection with these um, other realms, higher realms, and beings who are here to be of real love and support. And for me personally, in the healing sessions that I now give, there is an incredible um, joy and wonder uh, when I invite in these different guides, and for me, you know, the, the angelic energy is very, very present, um, to be a service and to, to do some of the healing. And the quality and the sensation of the energy that's shifting is always instantly different as soon as I invite them in. So um, if you are listening to this and this is the point where your eyes have begun rolling, um, I'd really invite you to, to be okay with the fact that your eyes are rolling and to acknowledge that for 
Uh, and, and also be sure that I roll my eyes at you every single yeah, I mean, day. Yeah, Cherish rolls her eyes at me. It's like a daily thing. She, yeah. she probably needs some like eye therapy. Yeah, she, like, sometimes I lose them. I can't <laughs> even like. Yeah, no, and and also I think the most the, the, the one of the really important things that I try and tell people is in terms of day to day society, I was what was seen as normal. Like I had a job, I drove a car, I, you know was gonna you know settle down buy a house do all those normal normal things in inverted commas um and i didn't think any of it was real i had no idea and these things happened and it is still crazy and i still roll my eyes at you when you're tapping the ground with your stuff but like actually you have to just take tiny elements yep. from every single part you see from you know i'm still on social media still following and I, i've started to feel like follow these really cool hashtags so following full moon ritual hashtag and solstice hashtags and all this kind of stuff because you take tiny bits from it and some sometimes something cool you'll see a photo and it'll spark something and you literally and then you go fast forward yep. however many dimensions whatever you want to call it um and then you'll eating hot, you know, drinking hot chocolate on your sofa, watching Big Brother, and then you're like, kind of back to normality, and then, and then it, it, it's a constant thing. But actually, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it, it's amazing and incredible, and don't stop learning. <laughs> so, there are, you know, we, we 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 held up this crystal. How did this come to be? In your possession. Should we go down the false? So I mean, I cannot believe we we've we've been we, we've got about 10, 15 minutes left of the show, and I reckon we've definitely got time to dive into how selenite came to be in your possession, um, and then we'll, we'll we'll dive into a bit of integration, shall we? Yes. Yeah, so um, I again like follow some really cool pages on Instagram and we some for some reason noticed that we were going to kind of have a day off together um, and it happened to be the full moon and like James's land was free and it all kind of just like stars aligned yep. no pun intended yep. um, or every pun intended <laughs> um, and so we said we're gonna go you okay yeah um, we're gonna go and do this um, we're going to go to the to the this bit of land and we're going to go and do a ritual so we took all the crystals all the crystals i kind of got at that point we kind of i bought you some you bought me some we were kind of at this point we went up there lit a fire um and we had gave some uh, like food to the earth and we did a little bit of chanting and beforehand i worked found out what kind of moon it was and we talked about just your intentions so you were going to write down the things you wanted to say goodbye to and then burn them and you had to verbalize them and then there, that was going to be your intention for the month so um for me it was um not being good enough was one um for comparing myself to other people um for being having high expectations of my dad and that relationship and those sort of things um, and we did this, and then in the daytime we talked about crazy old rituals um, and paganism and that kind of thing. And then we did this, um, the intention thing, and then it kind of, the moon came out and there was a real mystery and r- magical air. It was incredible. And I ended up taking the, my top half off and just sitting there being bathed by moonlight, and that was 
really actually special and I'm not even that ashamed to say it because it was incredible um, a moment of feeling completely at one with nature and everything as it was supposed to be yeah. it's really amazing um, and then we walked back down we went back to the house had some chai and then the following day um, we were in bed and I kind of woke up and I was in a, a bit of a daze and I said I'd had these dreams about some crystals and um, I said I'd been in my dream, I'd gone into a room, looked around a corner and on this kind of plinth there were written these three words and two of them I'd never heard of and one of them was something like gold and the two words, one was selenite and one was citrine and I was still in a real daze and you were kind of trying to understand what I was saying um, and we didn't really think anything of it after that other than the fact of I just felt like tons of new gifts had come online but not a clue how to deal with them what was going on and then you went to the crystal shop and you asked the lady and we basically found out that selenite is named after Selena who's the goddess of the moon and it's called liquid light um, and it's all about intentions and um, keeping yourself grounded when you are doing some sort of spiritual things. And yeah, and then we, I finally got a piece of citrine and the citrine thing is kind of, we're not really sure what's gonna come online there, but also the, what was weird was um, citrine is to do with, um, we talked about uh, like ancient, kind of really old, old ancient people and in the dream it was all about Egyptians <laughs> and there was loads of stuff and the, the crystal words were written on the plinth that was in this kind of Egyptian pharaoh type um, statue and so to the best of your knowledge had you ever come across the word selenite before? not in my entire life so, so it's absolutely nuts never, nothing so you just wake up with this word selenite and we then discover it's a kind of crystal called liquid light and you've been literally there the, that's the night before bathed in the moonlight yeah and the moon and one name for the moon is Selene which is selenite takes its name from yeah. <laughs> if ever there were questions about whether there is something more to this world I hope that story helps to just decimate them remove any doubt because that's totally beyond logic beyond the kind of rational you know cause effect that yeah blows it all out of the water yeah. um and you know i hope it really helps to land in just how powerful this awakening process can be mm. you know you said yourself so frequently on the show that it's just been so accelerated it's mm. so quick yeah that you've just gone from love island on the sofa not thinking you were good enough having to be strong to now being able to solstice. happily, happily <laughs> yeah. cry, going to solstice and you know doing these full moon rituals and you know letting the moon bathe your body, like it just cr oh and having dreams where random crystals that you never heard of get given to you. Yeah. So it's it's absolute. You know, it's a uh, warp speed. Yeah. Um, and the key here, of course, as we as we head towards the close, is that all of this is only valuable if it can be integrated mm -hmm. and you know because you still have this you know job that you need to hold down you have uh your boy which is uh, a horse who you love very much yeah. but who you know horses aren't cheap yeah. so you know you, you you've got to and that, but actually you're also engaged in meaningful work you would you say you know it's not changing the world or anything but actually there's a reason why i'm living in cornwall it's because i came to cornwall on holiday as a young young child 
and created memories that lasted a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And you know, as you know, in running a hotel, you are doing the same thing for just on a massive scale. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it's really exciting to hear the journey you're on with actually, you know, seeing that work now starting to come to fruition. Um, but seeing that you're now able to hold this, these two worlds that have now emerged. Mm. Um, but give us a sense of where that's at for you, because you know this is what I see as an outsider: is that you know you still have this day-to-day -day world where you're able to function and be a high performer, and you yet you have this new world awakening into you. Um, how is the journey of integrating the two, and and I guess stepping fully into the person who you do want to be? Tough, um, re really, really hard actually. Uh, I think because. There are people in my life that are, and you kind of witnessed it firsthand, that their life and um, success to them is is measured in um, in how many children they've got and how many mortgages they've got, you know, and that kind of thing. And actually, I think that they are really okay with that, um, and that's all that they ever wanted to be. I don't even think even if I showed them the entire world if there was a dragon in the middle of the room they wouldn't believe it because it doesn't fit into their you know two and a half children and their mortgage and that kind of thing so yep. um that's a big part of it um and actually i think a couple of things that kind of come are i'm really okay now to talk about some of the things that have happened or are happening or that i now believe because actually it's kind of not my problem if they don't understand or believe me and I pick and choose the things I say to people and that's really hard sometimes because I feel like I have to come sometimes censor probably 80% of the things I'd quite like to say yeah uh, and that can be quite tiring um, and then on the flip side of that uh, you know like I said yeah if, it, if people are judging me on the decisions that I make or the things that I do as I said that's that that's their issue and it's their problem and, and I hope that I can try and help expand what you know their their viewpoint is because actually there's so much more to it all um, and then work is in a lot of ways um, and the horse I'm a lot more connected to than I ever have been so although I come up against it with a few sort of roadblocks yeah. um, I'm more connected to, to that sort of what I'm doing there. So nice. It's tough. And and so it's you know to be really clear that someone else's version of success might be these two point four children or there's no judgments there, but it's just actually seeing how vast the possible lives that we could choose are. And I guess you're now having to find a way to navigate holding all of this in your life. And it's a journey. Yeah, it is, um, and you you and you you realise actually you start to gravitate towards the people that you can be completely one hundred percent uncensored, and that's really that's an interesting um, that's an interesting kind of area to navigate because these people sometimes I think keep themselves themselves, mm. and I know that sounds really like they're kind of gnomes living in sort of small little cottages, but it's not. It's just people aren't necessarily still upfront about the way that they kind of view the world because it's still frowned upon, unfortunately, in some walks of life. Yeah. 
um, but it's lovely. It's the nicest thing. And I even said I just have to, and I'll voice it again, is thank you, for starters, for everything that you've helped. Because, as I said to you, even everything looks different. Even the sun on my face feels different since I met you. And it's been one hell of a journey that's going to keep going. But Nice. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know what I'm going to say to that, and I'm going to say it to everyone, <laughs> which is that we are all mirrors for each other. And, you know, I thank you for what you are bringing alive in me. And um, as you head out into the world, brothers and sisters, because we are wrapping it up now, uh, I invite you to consider that there is so much more and that it might literally be as simple as the person you next smile at, the person who next opens a door for you. Perhaps they're doing more than just opening a physical door. Perhaps there is a whole new door and a whole new life awaiting you. And as Cherish has so bravely, honestly, um, openly, vulnerably shared, that it can happen so quickly, so powerfully, and in ways you may never have thought possible. So be open to that, and as ever, stay sovereign, stay blessed, and we will see you next time.